Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Zulovich, part of the team at Cherokee Media Group and senior editor of Subprime Auto Finance News and Auto Fin Journal. This episode of the podcast is very much a special one as it's being recorded during the Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association's annual convention, which is back in person here in Round Rock, Texas. For for this episode, pleased to welcome in Mark Roskowski, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Broom. Mark, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and the special event at TIADA's uh, annual convention. Thanks, Nick. It's uh, great to be here. Excited to uh, you know have a conversation. Absolutely, and, and and to start us off, just just how exciting is it that we're back face to face at an industry event after all of us have have been impacted uh, by the pandemic. Yeah, no, it's it's super exciting. Um, you know, it it struck me, you know, just recently, my daughter was moving up to, to eighth grade, and um, you know, we were actually sitting next to each other in the, in the auditorium, and one of the dad and I were actually chatting, and it turned out the last time we were in that auditorium was eighteen months ago, or just about. Wow! And it seemed like that entire eighteen month it vaporized, right? <laughs> and so being able to get back together and engage with humans and productive ways is super exciting for us and I think for, for all of us in this room to get back to business. So excited to be here. Absolutely. Well thank you for sharing a, a little bit about your, your personal background. But before we get into the, the industry conversation, if you'd like to, to share more about your, your professional career that the stops that you have made sure. and, and when and how you became part of the room executive team. I characterize myself as a technology junkie. I've been in and around tech my, my whole career. Um, I've got, you know, a formal engineering undergrad and, and graduate education. Um, you know, in terms of my career, I, I characterize it in, in uh, three blocks, right? All centered on technology and, and ultimately building is, is kind of, I've learned that about myself. I'm a builder at heart. Um, you know, I spent about a decade, you know, in engineering, actually doing engineering on the shop floor, manufacturing, research and development um, at Xerox Corporation, um, where I cut my teeth and got involved in some pretty cool stuff uh, from product to research, as I mentioned, as well as ultimately systems engineering. You know, I went to business school and after business school, I got lured into the, into the high finance world of, of Wall Street. Um, and I spent about a decade doing deals, build, helping companies build companies. Um, so things like mergers and acquisitions, IPOs. Um, and, you know, as I, as I said, I, I realized as I looked, you know, at myself in, in the mirror, it's like, what, what really gets me out of bed every morning? And it's, it's about building. Um, you know, some of the most exciting times were when I was at Xerox in the labs on the shop floor. Um, and so I transitioned, you know, over the past 10 years into, you know, getting back into helping companies build themselves. Um, so I joined a startup, being ventures back startup um, for a couple of years. And then I had a fortunate, you know, opportunity to work with uh, Tim Armstrong at AOL, if you guys know that name. And, you know, we ultimately sold that company to Verizon. Um, we did a bunch of transactions where we grew AOL from you know a two and a half billion four thousand company to a uh, a seven billion eleven thousand person company um, with the last acquisition being Yahoo. So uh, it, it's been an exciting time in my career, and then I've been with Room you know coming up on three years, and you know as I looked at the opportunity, um, you know the world is moving towards direct to consumer, it's moving towards e-commerce and you know, this marketplace being massive, highly fragmented, um, you know, with, with, without a real clear winner, 
Um, you know, looked very exciting, and you know, the team and, and the, you know investors around the business really you know made it feel so super you know, fortunate and happy to be part of the story. Um, and, and you know, having you know hands on ten to help make it grow. So <laughs> getting back to my roots of, of tech and building. Nice, nice. Well, promise there's no high-level calculus or dissection of financial statements <laughs> as part of our part of our conversation here. But uh, you, you mentioned the the metamorphosis, the evolution of the direct-to-consumer retailing of, of vehicles, and obviously we're we're at a, a dealership conference, but but still, uh, Vroom's philosophy is to uh, create a better way of, of buying and selling and vehicles just what, what how would you explain what are the roots of, of that philosophy and and how are that part of the, the day-to-day activities that you're involved in as well as the the, the entire room team? yeah no, that's a great question you know as we think about our philosophy in particular on buying and selling you know at the end of the day it's it's all rooted in trust and transparency uh, for our customers um you know we've really focused on leveraging technology and we, we built a platform that, that brings together you know all aspects of the, the buying and selling process in a very you know, hopefully simplified and frictionless way. Um, you know, so as you think about that, you know, an obvious question might be: so how do you establish that truth uh, and trust and transparency? Um, you know, and, and from our perspective, it all starts with you know buying high quality cars. Um, you know, we have a standard evaluation process that we use to evaluate cars and value cars. Um, you know, and so and once we acquire them, we put them through, you know, a rigorous inspection process, uh, you know, as well as a preconditioning process. Um, we also provide each of our consumers a, a vehicle history report um, that allows them to understand at least an independent perspective on that car uh, and the history of that car. And then finally, um, you know, we also use pictures um, with, with each of our cars that we're able to disclose what we would deem as normal, you know, ordinary wear and tear on the car, um, you know, any defects that, that would be, you know, visible. Um, so that essentially we're establishing, you know, we're trying to establish a really good customer experience that's again rooted in trust and transparency um, so that ultimately, you know, what the consumer sees is what they get. Um, and we try to apply that philosophy across our entire you know, value chain, across all aspects of, of buying and selling, as well as financing, you know, trading, trading uh, in, as well as any type of pickup and delivery of our vehicles. You, you referenced at the at the top of our conversation that. The anecdote about uh, with your fellow parent at, at school and how you haven't uh, seen each other uh, since before the, the pandemic started, and and, and certainly. Uh, Vroom's approach is to to bring the vehicle <laughs> to the customer where they are, whether it's their home or or place of business, wherever they decide to to transact, and 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 certainly the the pandemic <laughs> perhaps accelerated uh, that approach. Um, how is it like for Vroom in, in light of the circumstances we we've all encountered the, the past uh, several months here because of the pandemic? How did how did your approach to delivering vehicles? Uh, be beneficial, during, yeah. especially during this time. You know, at the core, again, yeah, I think consumers are always op- trying to optimize their life. Um, you know, in everything we do. I mean, if you're driving down the highway, you've seen open lane, you go over there, and, and then quickly everybody else goes up there, and it's you know, no longer optimized, so you go someplace else. And so, you know, we're just self-optimizing creatures, right? And so, we're always trying to simplify our lives. And you know, if you look at Amazon, they really they brought the consumer into the e-commerce age. Um, and so there's just, in my mind, a natural evolution going on. 
right? So you know, what was online was books, and then it went to records, and then it went to furniture, and then to you know refrigerators, and, and cars were the next kind of natural evolution. So I think the demand for you know an online buying and selling experience was was always there pre pre pandemic. It was just in its infancy, and I think what the pandemic did was really just open consumers' eyes to the art of the possible um, in the online context. Um, and, and that's not only true within online automotive, um, you know, in some respects we were forced to go there because you know, everything was shut down. So we were fortunate enough to be in a position to offer a service that helped meet a customer need. Um, but, you know, that online experience is now prevalent, you know, in everything we do. If you think about our meetings, Zoom, Zoom, you know, video <laughs> conferences were interesting, but now they're basically, you know, a necessity and, and being ingrained in the part of our business lives, you know. Again, our special guest for this very special episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Mark Roskowski, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Vroom. And we're sharing our conversation um, during a, a special session of the Texas Independent Dealer Automobile Dealers Association National Conference being held in, in Round Rock, Texas. One of the one of the first in-person uh, industry events to be held. Uh, positively say post-pandemic, uh, even though it's it's certainly um, top of mind for, for many folks and, and certainly sentiments go out to, to anybody who's been uh, impacted uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, certainly we, we all have. And uh, Mark, as you, as you described that uh, delivery process of, uh, of vehicles, uh, certainly a, a well-trained staff and team is, is critical to, to that process, uh, what you can share, what, what's the what's that process like to to get new teammates up to speed? What are what are some of the critical elements that that the Vroom team needs to know to make sure from from start to finish when someone logs in to 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 make a selection to to when the truck shows up <laughs> at their home that it's each part of this this the sequence happens as as you intend. Sure. Um, so at Vroom, we, we believe in a core set of values that we call rules of the road. You know, that guide, you know, everything about our business as well as how we behave. Um, you know, those values are summed up in what we call speed, um, service, progress, employees, engagement, and development. Um, you know, in terms of training, when, when uh, an employee joins, the first thing they get is, is an annual called what we call our driver's manual. Um, you know, our driver's manual essentially outlines, defines, you know, all the values that, that, that I mentioned. Um, additionally, each employee on their first day or shortly thereafter, you know, has an all-day session with our CEO as well as our chief people officer. Um, and they learn about, you know, our broader vision, mission, and values. Um, you know, so the combination of our vision, mission, and values, our speed values, um, you know, they, they govern everything um, about our business. And, you know, what we try to do is, is maintain and, and further embed those values into all aspects of our business. Um, you know, everything from ongoing training related to our speed values um, to our performance management systems, as well as our recognition program. So, you know, we're, we're all about speed, uh, as you know, uh, better, faster, cheaper is, is kind of the way the world works today. And uh, we're trying to drive speed into our business and, and we try to leverage that in you know, all our communications with our employees going forward. Oh, oh that, that's fascinating what, what you just shared. I'd love to, to pick up on, on one point that the day with the CEO, uh, just 
I would presume that's that's been in place since since you've been part of the team. Just what, what, what's that like for for new employees? To I, I, how how does it compare to to other shops that that you've been in, uh, as opposed to just being asked to to get right to work? That that the new teammate gets a chance to to have a day with the boss, so to speak. Yeah. No, I think it's a special special opportunity, right? Being handed again an instruction manual or, or driver's <laughs> manual, if you will, is pretty cool. Um, and it's not like this giant book. It's you know a dozen pages at max, and it goes through you know the various uh, elements of our of our value, speech, culture. You know, and spending time with Paul, I don't know if you had a chance to meet him, but you know, again, he's we you know we've got some basic you know sayings, if you will. We, we try to deal in reality, right? We try to create a, a an environment of trust. We, we try to, you know, encourage our employees to embrace risk and fail fast. Um, and when you hear your boss or the, you know, the head cheese, if you will, talk about it, it's okay to fail, right? You're gonna fail every day because we're inventing something new. Um, and it's all about how you deal with that failure and how you pivot from that failure and what you do next. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's one thing to have lip service or reading on a piece of paper, but it's, it's another thing to have you know, the most senior executive in the company talk about those things and, and really uh, share your personal experiences on, on how he's trying to you know, create something special and different. So if it's, a, if it's a day with the CEO, is that an hour with Mark or <laughs> with something, something to that extent? <laughs> uh, moving on, a, a, another topic that's uh, certainly top of mind with with the with the operators who are who are here at this event, uh, vehicle acquisition, both on the, the new car side, the used car side, the sheer number of vehicles uh, in the marketplace is is much softer uh, than it's been, and and the prices there there too are are. Uh, Often use word un- unprecedented. Uh, part of your responsibility is is vehicle acquisition. Uh, what's what's been the challenges for for you? How have you approached uh, uh, inventory management uh, to to have the the mix of vehicles that that would appeal to to Vroom customers? Sure. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting year. Um, <laughs> you know, challenging is put it putting it mildly. Um, I'm sure everybody here in the audience, if you've done any of the buying fires, have experienced it firsthand. And you know, you can't go far without seeing the next headline. You know about chip shortages. You know how they're impacting um, new car production. You know how there's a, a shortage of, of quality cars in the auction lanes. Um, you know, given you know the impact of the, of the pandemic. Um, and, and you know, when you combine those things with a you know, financially healthy consumer that is looking to buy a car that's actually been prevented from buying a car for the past you know call it a year or so, um, we've, we've had some benefits as we talked about. But um, you know what that does is it's, it naturally creates elevated prices, right? It's it's simple economics. You've got you know strong consumer demand. You've got limited supply of on new and used, um, which ultimately creates uh, you know high prices. Um, you know, so how did we deal with that? Um, you know, we buy cars from auction lanes, we buy cars from consumers, we also buy cars you know from dealer groups. Um, you know, as we saw earlier in the year, as the auction markets get into white hot levels, nosebleed levels, unprecedented levels. <laughs> Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to have built a, a diversified sourcing strategy, as I mentioned. Um, you know, we were able to quickly pivot, you know, into our automated, you know, consumer buying platform that leverages, you know, you know a lot of data to understand you know, kind of consumer demand, 
you know, the, the prices for cars that are being you know, sold in the markets. Um, and then, you know, we're using our platform, our data analytics to essentially, you know, get on those cars and hopefully buy the right cars at the right price to deliver the margin that, that we're looking for. Um, so, you know, that's the way we've, we've dealt with uh, the challenges that, um, you know, we've seen in the markets today. And it's been exciting. <laughs> and and how, how, how would you describe the, the inventory that, that Vroom offers? What type of units typically are, are, are listed and, and what basically what, what would you be on the hunt for in, in the wholesale world? Sure. Um, you know, we've got about 16,000 cars available for sale today. Um, you know, and it's a pretty broad selection. The, you know, pricing goes from 10,000 to, you know, north of 100,000. Um, you know, we, we sell Porsches, 911s, you know, we sell Chevy Bolts. Um, you know, most of our cars are, you know, plus or minus five years old, you know, plus or minus 50,000 miles. Um, and, uh, you know, we try to, again, as I said, buy cars that are in good condition generally um, and then to the extent they're not we, we run through our reconditioning process that brings them up to a, a strong standard so you know we hope to have a car for for every consumer this is how we think about it uh, definitely Porsche would, would satisfy the the the, the highline uh, consumer for sure um, as you mentioned that try to try to have a vehicle for for every customer uh, oftentimes they they likely don't have 25 30 30 35 thousand dollars in the bank account they they would need financing uh, in order to to complete delivery um, how does room approach that important part of, of the delivery process uh, data analytics technology? Uh, perhaps leveraging your, your engineering background. How, how does that all, all come into play to, to make sure that uh, the customer gets the financing they needed, that the finance company is, is satisfied, Vroom is satisfied, that that, that whole important part of, of the delivery process? Yeah, I mean, financing is, you know, I think 78% of cars that are purchased that are all financed um, with, with a loan. You know, as I mentioned, you know, data analytics is you know core to everything we do at Room. Um, you know, on the customer financing side, you know, we use our data analytics platforms, you know, to essentially match a consumer, you know, in their related financial profile to to the right car as well as the right deal structure. Because um, ultimately, what we want to do is increase the probability of that consumer being able to get a loan from one of our lending partners. Um, you know, and you know, in terms of technology, uh, you know, we're, what we're doing is we're bringing technology into the entire buying experience. Um, you know, we're leveraging uh, that to, to effectively drive, again, a simplified and frictionless process. And so, you know, it, it's involved in everything we do from, you know, collecting a credit application to our real-time decision on loan. Um, so, you know, ultimately it's data, it's analytics and driving, you know, a very simplified way for our consumers to find the right car, um, get a, uh, a loan that works for them and get approved in seconds. And, and as you just mentioned, getting approved, uh, how is the, the, the room approach there? Is it uh, the site structured to, to try to get the application in as quickly as possible? Is it presented when someone selects a, a vehicle that they're interested in, all of the above? How, to, how, does, how do you try to at least begin that process? Yeah, so we offer you know, um, financing tools available 
the consumer, so they can come in and get pre-qualified for the loan prior to, sh to shopping. So they get a sense for you know how much uh, they're able to afford, if you will. Um, and then you know as you, as they go through the search and discovery process, um, we're also you know enabling consumers to take a step deeper and say, okay, I'm interested in this car and I want to learn more about it, and, and you know essentially see if I'm uh, able to purchase it. And then we go through a, a you know a, what we would do is a pretty simplified credit application process, you know, we, we ask a handful of questions to get a better view on, on what that consumer's wherewithal ability to pay is, and then, you know, get that data over to our, you know, through our engine and to our uh, lending partners um, to give them a better sense of, of, you know, their ability to buy the car that they're interested in. And, and your lending partners that you mentioned, uh, how, how vital have they been? What What's the relationship with them to, to make sure that they're they're booking the paper that, that they would like? How would you describe that that segment? Yeah, they've been great. I mean, we've, we've put partnerships together with uh, Chase, you know, Ally and Santander uh, as our three kind of main lenders. And that really covers the, the credit spectrum. Chase and Prime, Ultra Prime, you know, Ally and near term Prime Space and then uh, Santander and Deep Subprime. Um, you know, and, and the, the reason for selecting those partners is because you know, we were looking for partners that were you know forward leaning with technology, um, open to working with us to you know enhance that consumer experience that we've been talking about. So continuously testing and learning, doing A/B testing on the consumer experience, and then ultimately working with us to to drive our back end process efficiency. Um, as you know, the auto industry is a hundred year old and years old, and you know a lot of it is manual. A lot of it is continues to be paper based, and so. You know, we've, we've been able to work with great partners that want to bring that lending experience into the 21st century and, and move it from manual to automated, from you know paper to digital, uh, and then ultimately make it scalable in the order of you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of cars in a real time nature. Nice. And, and just a, one one more quick follow up. How crucial is that, as you referenced, that you can serve the the spectrum of the consumer that. Um, it's not like, well, I'm, my credit's terrible. I can't get a car from Vroom, so to speak. But um, how crucial, as you mentioned, every car for everyone, it sounds like you can also serve every consumer, no matter what their credit background is. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And as I mentioned, you know, every car for every consumer, and we want to have a loan for every consumer that comes into our ecosystem. And our partners have enabled us to do that. You mentioned uh, time frame. Uh, Auto industry has been in existence for for more than a hundred years, uh, and certainly the, the past twelve to, to to fifteen months have, have certainly been uh, a stretch that that no no one could have anticipated. Uh, presumably, uh, looking ahead, your your uh, forecasting models, your expectations, but just what's what's on your radar of, of what's Short term for the rest of the year, going into next year, and then and then maybe a, a year or two ahead if it's prudent to, to look that far ahead in, in today's world. Just uh, your your frame of reference. What what's on your mind yeah. in that regard? You know, I think the good news is I think generally we expect us to continue growth uh, over the next couple of years, near term and, and longer term. Um, you know, we we got a backdrop. You know, that includes a, a pretty healthy. You know, consumer from a financial perspective, um, you know, the unemployment rate, as we've seen, is, is returning to you know pre-pandemic levels. So that's going to continue to bolster consumer confidence. Um, you know, banks have been you know great during this period, and, and we believe that given the consumer health, they're going to continue to 
um, be willing to lend, um, you know, despite the high prices we talked about. So that's helping provide a little bit of relief to consumers because you know lower rates ultimately result in lower payments. Um, you know, and, and the other piece of it that we talked about is the supply, you know, situation, right? Um, you know, we've been talking about new chip production for quite some time. Um, and, uh, you know, our view is, is you know, given my background, I actually worked at, I mentioned in the semiconductor industry for a very short period of time, but to build fabs takes time. And so, you know, our perspective is that, you know, the chip production will continue throughout this year and likely next year. And so what that's going to do is continue to limit new production, uh, new car production, right? Um, so that combined with, you know, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, yesterday and or today's lack of new car production is a lack of used car availability, you know, next year and then into potential subsequent years because, you know, the, the rental car companies weren't able to buy those cars and put them in their fleets. So consumers weren't able to get those leases. The off-lease supply is going to be curtailed. Um, and so, you know, our view is that, you know, assuming the consumer maintains relative health and the banks continue to lend, um, we're going to be in a pretty robust environment for the next couple of years. Um, you know, that, that's kind of on the, you know, demand side, I think, from an experience side. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, the consumer, as I mentioned, we're self-optimizing creatures and, you know, we're going to want to continue to demand, you know, new conveniences, easier way to buy and sell. And so it's all about the consumer. We're going to have to follow and meet the needs of the consumer. Um, and I think the industry, as they see that demand continuing to increase, is going to naturally continue to evolve in that in that direction. And if I could, like leveraging your your professional background again, you mentioned semiconductors and I, the chip shortage. It's, it's been such a buzzword, but what kind of what is the the friction point? What what does it take to to build a chip? What what is triggering this 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 backlog was it just factories not in fu functioning? What what's kind of what's triggered all of this that's, yeah. that's created such well, a problem? You know, it's been a while since I was within the industry, so I'm happy <laughs> that I'm by far no expert. Um, but you know, based on my understanding, it's been a confluence of events, right? The pandemic, you know, essentially um, moved demand away from like you know equipment like cars, bigger equipment to consumer electronics, and so the, the manufacturers shifted their production to support you know consumer electronics phones laptops things like that tvs because that's what people were doing over the past year and so to you know pivot back the production you know is is you know a challenge and there's just the customers that you know want them to buy handsets and laptops aren't saying oh just stop making my chips um and then building a fab um to build a factory to, to produce you know microchips is probably one of the you know, most complex production process, you know, in the history of, of manufacturing. And so building those chips and our building those fabrication plants takes time, you know, 18 to 24 months. And so those things are going on. And a lot of that investment was delayed. And so if they're starting now, it, it's going to take time for those things to come online and ultimately, you know, create the capacity to support the, the demand. So it's going to be, it's going to take some time. Amazing how vehicles nowadays, a, a chip is just as important as lug nuts and <laughs> tires and, and anything else in, in a vehicle nowadays. Uh, again, our, our special guest for this episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast is Mark Roskowski, who is the 
Chief Revenue Officer at Vroom, and we're sharing our conversation in front of a, a live audience during the Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association annual convention in Round Rock, Texas. One of the one of the first uh, opportunities that that the auto industry has had to to gather in, in person again. And and Mark has mentioned that we're an event that's. Uh, bringing together the, the independent dealers. Uh, one's obviously not, not connected with a, with a franchise automaker. Uh, just what's your uh, kind of perspective on, on, on the operators who, are, who occupy this space? Put uh, uh, it this way, friendly competitions, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, just how would you, how would you uh, assess uh, this segment of, of the auto industry, the, the independent dealer? Yeah, look, I think the this segment is is obviously has a very long history, and you know I'm, I'm humbled to be here and provide some perspectives. I'm, I'm I'm not an auto guy, you know, by history, um, and you've all been in the industry, you know, a, a ton more. And you know, the position that you've you know, established with with um, the industry is, is super, you know, super, uh, you know, impressive. Um, but you know, a couple of things that I've thought about here. Um, you know, as you guys move forward, as we all move forward, I think that there's two things that come to mind, right? It's all about our customers. Um, and then in today's day and age, as we talked about, it's all about data, um, data analytics. And, you know, on the customer side, you know, I challenge us all to, you know, get to know our customers better and try to understand what they need and try to develop solutions that meet their needs. Um, you know, consumers are building with their wallets. Um, you know, you can see it every day and, and, you know, there's a lot of interesting digital solutions that are coming to market. Um, and so as we talked about, consumers want convenience, they want simplicity, they want simplified lives. And, you know, if, if they're, if they have a choice, they're going to go with something or, 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 you know, uh, you know, a dealer or a group that, that enables them to simplify their, their, you know, purchase decision, purchase process. And so, if we're not able to offer you know, solutions that meet their needs, they're going to find somebody else uh, that enables that. So, you know, I encourage us to, to get to know our customers as, as good as we can and work to meet their needs. Um, you know, on the data front, again, I think it's all about following the data. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to you know, you know use intuition or gut to try to inform what you do, but you know, our philosophy is use data to inform every aspect of your business. Um, you know, I can't emphasize, you know, how much our data analytics platforms have enabled us to enhance our business, grow our business quickly, make better decisions faster. Um, and it also helps us learn. Um, we, we see when either our business is changing or the markets are changing, it allows us to pivot on the fly. So, you know, again, I would encourage all of us to, you know, focus on our customers and leverage data to the best of our abilities. Oh, continuing on the, the, the data topic, maybe uh, perhaps uh, beyond your, your title, the, the revenue metric. Uh, what, what's, what's data, especially as you referenced, you're relatively new in the auto industry. What, what's some, what's, what are data points that you find intriguing that, that you uh, examine or, or look into? What, what, what fascinates you about data in automotive? You know, it's, it's interesting because the, the industry is so broad. You know, we look at all aspects of the entire industry um, from the macro perspectives. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, again, you know, 
how healthy are banks in terms of lending. Uh, we look at you know consumer you know balance sheets. Um, so we're trying to get a sense for you know is there macro demand in the environments. Um, you know we're looking at you know kind of the supply availability um, across all our different channels. Um, you know rental car fleets, um, lease returns, repossessions. Um, so we're looking at trends uh, in those uh, in those areas. We're looking at supply available on dealers' lots. Um, so you know supply ultimately gives a sense for you know consumer demand. So if you see a, a swelling of supply, you know not only in aggregate but at a certain VIN level, you're able to determine. We're able to determine. Well, should we buy more of those cars because those cars seem to be falling out of favor, or there's a lack of demand in those cars? Um, you know, and so that's. You know the aspect of like the, the macro supply side of, of buying cars and setting up our inventory. Um, you know, as it, as we think about the entire you know, consumer purchase model, we're looking at everything from you know, visits to our websites, visits to third party websites, um, you know, views of our vehicle description pages. Um, you know, how they engage and the time spent on various aspects of our website. Um, you know, ultimately as they move through the through the purchase model. You know what? They, how quickly they move through the purchase funnel. Where areas that they fall off? Trying to understand who caused that fall off. Doing A/B testing around every aspect of the purchase funnel. Um, and then in our back end, you know, back office. Again, it's we, we've we've um, instrumented our entire value chain so that we can see when a when a loan is being processed. You know, are there sticking points? Are there sticks that we need to collect earlier? Um, you know, and then what are what are parts in our Process that prevent the deals from getting done or ultimately falling off. We try to identify root cause and then put solutions in place that enable us to eliminate those friction points. And then ultimately, on the on the delivery side, it's the same type of thing. Um, understanding the consumer when they want their cars delivered, when they don't want their car delivered, what are the friction points. Um, so we're we're leveraging data and across the entire value chain um, to really inform how we think about the business um, and how we can ultimately improve it going forward. Closing moments here on the this special episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast with Mark Roskowski, who is the Chief Revenue Officer at Vroom. And we're sharing our conversation during the annual convention of the Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association, one of the one of the first post-pandemic uh, industry events to, to happen in person uh, here in Round Rock, Texas. And, and Mark, to, to, to round us out, kind of a uh, little bit on a philosophical path, perhaps, so to speak, whether, whether it's uh, officially connected with the, the used car space or Vroom or, or perhaps maybe some of your, your past uh, professional uh, capacities, uh, what were, what's maybe some uh, instances where maybe approached a, a, a situation and, and went forward maybe a little too aggressively or or at the same time maybe some other instances where maybe should have been more aggressive more uh take a chance so, so to speak uh so having been in executive roles if you could just whatever you care to share as far as uh, uh, some instances uh, where aggression paid off and then may maybe not so much um yeah that's a great question um you know, and, and as I thought about it, um, I think going back to one of our core values at Room, um, you know, as I mentioned, progress. Um, we, you know, as a company, and I think you know myself personally, you know, we're always trying to move the ball forward. Um, you know, and uh, 
uh, as you guys know, in this business, uh, it's not an easy business for aluminum metal across the country. Um, and uh, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes because we're kind of inventing our way into the future. And so we're not always perfect, but we're always striving to move forward. You know, and as a result of that, you know, moving quickly, moving forward, as we mentioned, um, it causes you to fail. Curve your employees to embrace risk, um, fail fast, you know, learn along the way. And, and it's more about, you know, what you do with those learnings and, and how you pivot and kind of get back on track is, is what matters. Um, you know, so, you know, as, as far as, you know, being more aggressive and or, you know, maybe not so aggressive, I think for us and even myself, it's always avoiding that analysis paralysis, right? It's, it's easy to get caught up in the data and sit there and, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of continue to analyze and, until, you know, essentially you, you put yourself into a state of immobility because you're worried about, you don't have a perfect solution. And so we, we try to maybe 20 it, you know, as we talk about our values, we proceed as if we're ready. Um, you know, we use the data, we, we, we try to instrument our systems and, and things so that we get real-time feedback so that we can understand, you know, what's going on in the business, evaluating, you know, the impact that we cause and developing solutions to move us forward. Um, and then, you know, based on that, it's, it's all about deciding what we do next. It's, if, if things are looking good, I mean, we step on the gas, you know, if the data is telling us that, that it's not looking so good, then, then maybe we should step back. You know, reassess and pivot towards a new direction. So, um, you know, it's you know, in my mind, as you think about you know any industry or over your life and, and you know personal life, um, you know, taking those risks and, and leveraging you know, the feedback and the learnings that you get and and trying to reassess you know what you should do next is, is kind of key to you know driving you know things forward and, and, and hopefully being successful along the way. Indeed. That's Mark Roskowski, the Chief Revenue Officer at Vroom. And we have a, a couple extra minutes here and, and we're, we're all all car folks uh, to a degree. Uh, just what what is, I'll go first since I'm, I'm pinging it. Uh, what's your daily driver and, and what's what's a vehicle that, that your eye is like, gosh, that would be nice to have. In, in our garage, we're a, we're a two Toyota family, a, a RAV4 and a, my wife's forerunner. And, and uh, a GMC Sierra pickup truck would be, would be nice to have. Just just how they look, uh, just the body style. I, I just think that's a a sharp looking vehicle. Uh, Mark, just around us out. How about for you? What, what's your daily driver, and what's a vehicle that's like, wow, that, yeah. that would be nice. <laughs> well, you know, I've been you know the course of my life, as you may have seen my bio, I started driving a 1977 Chevy Nova, so that's what I <laughs> you know entered the driving uh, world in. And, um, you know, have had a bunch of different cars over the course of my life, but, um, you know, I, I go in the city in New York, so my train car is a Mercedes E500, so that's what I take back nice. and forth to the train every day. Um, and, you know, in terms of aspirational, uh, you know, I'd love to, you know, you know, get myself into McLaren someday, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> that's aspirational, but I'm happy with, with Mercedes doing it, doing it well. Very nice. Again, that's Mark Roskowski, Chief Revenue Officer at Vroom for this very special episode of the Auto Remarketing Podcast recorded during the Texas Independent Automobile Dealers Association National uh, Conference in Round Rock, Texas. Mark, thank you again for the conversation and sharing such great perspectives uh, inside and outside of Vroom. Thank you. 
And if you've missed any of our past episodes of the podcast, simply just go to our website at marketing.com and click on the podcast box to find our library of past episodes. For our fellow hosts, Bill Zedites and Joe Overby, as well as our executive producer, Matt Rice, I'm Nick Zulovich. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to having you again next time on the Auto Remarketing Podcast.